and we are returned. Yay! We need more Muppets. We need Muppets in this podcast. I, I think we're, we're good on our Muppet quotient. We, we've, we've hit our Muppet quotient a few at, times in this podcast. Not like that we're talking about. We need literal Muppets as, as hosts. What? What? Serious question here. What good would Muppets be on an auditory system? They have a flavor and a flair. At that point, though, they just vo- see people doing silly voices. We do that. I, I, we live that. I don't. No, I, I think you're you're whitewashing what they can contribute. <laughs> wow, are you trying to race it against Muppets? I think I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am not racist against Muppets. I love Muppets. But apparently, they can't contribute anything a normal white person can contribute. <laughs> a normal voice person. <laughs> Gotta, gotta go to weird places if we can. We don't, we don't often have. We don't haven't had a good weird tangent in a while. We've been trying to control that. Maybe that's. A, but that's the problem. We need, to, we, we, need, we need to release the uh, stupid. Um, this is a Delve episode. Yes. Which you probably know by looking at the episode title. I think. I don't, Usually the title I've, of the movie. I've never looked up our podcast. That's not true. I looked up the see how many episodes we did once. It's not bad. It's, it's Although a, less than I feel like we have. Uh, there are no... There have not been a lost one in a long time. What kind what, Do you have any idea what episode number we're on? I don't, I don't count them, but it's it's over 100, I think. That's pretty fair. We should have done something for our for our 100th. And I'm not an episode counter. I'm more of a year counter. All right, so it was a my pick last time. I really, really... Next time I'm throwing up a vote that I get, because I, I went from no options to, like, all the options. So I finally just picked one that I, I knew really well. Uh, called Lucky Number Slevin. It is a uh, 2006 crime thriller written by Jason Smolovic and uh, Paul McGigan. Paul McGowan? McGowan? McGowan, I think it's pronounced. I don't know. But it has an interestingly great cast. That's a pretty strong cast. And uh, Josh Hartnett, Lucy Liu, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Ben Kingsley, and Stanley Tucci. Pretty impressive. Uh, but as Now You See Me can show us, an impressive cast isn't always a guarantee to a good film. An impressive cast get, get get people into a theater, but I think that's how you use them. Absolutely. This is... I will admit, and I'm not surprised by you know, the, or some of our pre-show reveals, because this is a very... I feel like this might be an acquired taste movie. It, it has that feel of, this is an indie movie. Like if when people had used those words, this has that feel of it. And it's full of clever banter, which I feel is clever, and you feel is not. I just, it feels like annoying banter. But of people same, trying to be clever. But one of the things I do like most about it is the story, beginning to end, feels very well told. It is, but I feel it could almost be a little tighter. Really, it just I felt like it was really tight. It just something about it felt a little. So the, movie, the movie felt a little loose in some places. I think it could maybe it was yeah. the direction was a little loose. Maybe. I think I didn't really ever feel that the one. story is right. Is that maybe it's the direction I don't like? Do you have any examples, or is it just a general? Just thing? a feeling. I wish I really could come up with examples. I didn't watch the movie enough times to come up with. I, I think it's. A, I think it's. A, I think it's a directorial thing. I wasn't a fan of the di- like, the direction. Didn't get me. Maybe because I like 
crime drama. That's a mm. thing I gravitate yeah. towards. Absolutely. And I can see why you picked this for me. And I mean, there's a lot, like, I, yeah, it's one of the movies that I've watched a great deal. Uh, I just, I will, it clicks on all the cylinders for me. It's, the actors do a really good job at their roles. I feel like the writing's fairly tight, and I like cyclical, I like cyclical stories. Stories that start and end at the same place. The story works. I, I maybe it's the direction that really just didn't sit with me. It's possible. We'd have to we'd have to really look into more of what he's directed. Um, and he's directed the oh he directed a couple episodes of Sherlock. Some of my like one of my favorites and one of my least favorites. He directed a study of Pink. Um, he directed a scandal in Belgrava. He's directed four episodes of Sherlock, Jesus. So effectively four movies. Yeah. Um, other than that, he's going to direct two episodes of Marvel's Luke Cage. He directed Victor Frankenstein. I don't know, like, most of this stuff I haven't really seen. So I couldn't really... But the Sherlock episodes were fine, but that might be a different animal entirely in terms of what he's trying to get out of it. Okay. I feel like that has a lot more oversight. Even as a director, you probably only have so much leeway. Yeah, I mean, I think with, with Charlotte, there has to be a you know tone has to be maintained between episodes, and there are showrunners involved. But this, uh, but I think I watched the first episode of Scandal, but I don't remember it too well. I just stuff like that doesn't really interest. I like the I like, I like the concept of Scandal. All right, so the plot of Lucky Number 11 without giving too much away, because I don't want to, because I think part of it is in watching it, is that we have a young person named um, Slevin Calebra, who it seems is a very wrong place, wrong time. I guess a Hitchcock North by Northwest kind of deal, where he's being um, pursued by two different rival crime lords, for things that he seems to have no connection to. Just wrong friend, and he's at the wrong place at the wrong time, and stuff ramps up from there. It's a very uh, seedy, corrupt story. It, it feels like a, like a cleaner, like a brighter version of um, Sin City that way. I guess. Like a significantly brighter, but it still feels like this is that world, like elements of that world. To me... It's more like, um, it's more like it's a cleaner, almost godfather, where, like, you have a lot of this crime and corruption, but it's very withdrawn from the normal, like, you don't see normal people in this. I don't know about how I feel about the godfather analogy. Just in terms of, like, like, when I watch the godfather, like, everyone is fucking corrupt. It's just how it is, and in this movie it felt the same way. Like, no matter who you go to, whether it's a cop or anything, you're corrupt, and really, you're disturbingly open about it. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the world has that element of that old older crime film. So it's I, going for that noir-era, post-noir-era feel. I can see that. I just, I rebel against the Sin City comparison, because... They're drawn from the same pool, maybe not... Just because, like, the stat has more of a... That has a special feel to me. And it's not this. That's... I don't know. It's it's much different. And it's, it's that comic world that really gives it light. Like, I was amazed by the first film. Like, how well they brought it up the screen. 
second one, I think most people thought was the, kind of a... The second one was Gart with poop. I didn't really watch it, so I can't rule. I can't judge. I saw it, and I can say it's poop. But, um... But in any case, so we have Josh Hartnett playing Slevin Calavra. We have our... Our crime lords being Morgan Freeman and Ben Kingsley, who do very well at their roles, I thought. I, I don't know. I thought the I thought that the acting was very the good. The acting is, is is good. I don't think it doesn't it wasn't stand out in a lot of acting for me. Well I guess I'm a little biased when it comes to stuff like that because small films can have great acting. But they won't necessarily stand out because they're small films. But it was also, but it was subtle acting. Like it was, it didn't. You would have non, you would have standout small film. This uh, it, it felt like again. I think this movie is better. It's a film. Like that's where it sort of sits with me as far as quality goes. I don't know, but I do think that I, I suspect that I feel the acting was much better than you felt the acting was, and I don't. I don't think it lacked subtlety. At least not in performances from Freeman and Kingsley. I don't think they were particularly subtle. I don't think they were trying for that necessarily. I'm not sure what you're going through from asking for subtlety, but I feel that they played their roles very well. And regardless of how the roles were written, that's not necessarily their fault. No. The roles as written... We're done very well. The, the roles, as yeah, as written, they were done well, but the characters aren't necessarily the strongest depth-wise. Well, I think they're archetypical. They are, which is what you want out of a movie like this, to a point. Especially a movie that seems almost homaging in terms of the war. Homaging, I would almost go to a fault in this film. It, 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 I could say you would consider it a caricature of a noir. It, feel, it feels like they heaped on noir to over... They overdid it, I think. I disagree. Well, you can do that. I can. I'm one half of this podcast. Yeah, well, the, the, the weaker half, of course. Of course. But now, I, um, I very much enjoy it. It doesn't have much in the way. Like, there's no... There's no talking about the music. There's no. There's, there's no. I can't think of a point where there's almost music in the film. Uh, not per se, but there are transition pieces and whatnot, and they're not bad. Um, we talked about the acting, which I really like, and you don't. I think the story's tight. You think it's? It's there. It's, it's okay. It's fine. Um, so at the end of the day, this is a. It's a fine movie to me. That's about where it lands. Other than that, like. I do feel like it's a clever... Like, the, some of the dialogue is very cleverly written, or Vincenzo doesn't like that, so if you want to give it a try, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's a favorite movie of mine. Not in my top ten by any means, but it's a favorite movie of mine. It's definitely a movie I, I like to own. Um, but I think that's... Like, I, I think the, the point is made on this one. I, th- I think we've given our... Our, our fair shade without spoiling this movie because this film would fit very well in our previous episode. Right. I don't want to spoil it. I think I think that some people out there that I know listen to us might enjoy it if they haven't seen it. I'm not, I'm not saying don't give it a chance. I'm just saying I didn't... I was not wowed by it. Um, but this first will go into what's next and this gives me an adequate time to go into something that we haven't done in a while that I wanted to. Okay. So, and I'll go first since, since to give you a chance to think. But first, our next 
Delph pick is? Our next Delph pick is a film called Jacob's Ladder from the year 1990. It is... Uh, I don't have a Wikipedia page, so I'm not going to get any more facts right now. Alright, so... And next we have... Um, I wanted to bring up some stuff I've been pursuing lately in terms of research that I've really fallen in love with. I'll preface it by saying... Uh, like This is just stuff I've been listening to lately or doing. I'll preface it by saying I have about a 45-minute commute to and from my job every day. So it leaves me plenty of time to listen to things. And still, I'm behind on podcasts. But but what I've been researching is... I've been researching radio dramas. And I have discovered that there is a very rich environment for that in the podcast world that I never really knew existed. And not recreations like we do for Halloween but original content doing radio dramas. And some of them are horror movies, some of them are thrillers, some of them are comedies. It's very interesting. But I wanted to mention a couple of the ones that I'm really falling in love with. Um, One of them is a podcast called Campfire Radio Theater, which is fantastic. And I'm pretty sure you can find them anywhere you find podcasts. But it is... Most of their um, pieces are written by a person named John Ballantyne. And they do some other stuff by other writers. But honestly, uh, when it goes to another writer, I tend to feel like the quality of the story goes down. Like, Ballantyne is definitely a very quality writer. And I feel like I recognize the person who does the music, maybe from Night Vale or something. But a Kevin Hartnell does the music. And the other one I've been listening to lately is um, a podcast called 19 Nocturne Boulevard, which has been around, I think her copyright at the end of the episode is 2009, so they've been doing this for quite a while. And they have some weird things, like uh, a serial based on, called Bingo the Birthday Clown, which I don't listen to, but I do listen to their 19 Nocturne Boulevard pieces, which tend to be... A lot of them are more horror genres, but I've played a couple for my fiancé who doesn't like horror at all that are more um, comedic that have been fun. So if the stuff that we do in October you actually enjoy every once in a while, you might want to tune in this one or two of those because they're, they're really fun, and I'm really enjoying them. And this is one I, this is, I first discovered that you can actually have, like, your heart race and be, for lack of a better word, scared. Not really scared, but, you know, anxious and listening to a radio drama. And I, I didn't know that, uh, like, that could respond. And now I kind of understand more what was going through people's minds if when they're listening to things like War of the Worlds, where, like, you can actually generate real emotion. But I, I was, I've been having a lot of fun, and I suggest anyone listening to us, you know, maybe try and listen to one or two of their things. What have you been doing lately? Uh, so we are in the summer, so that means I am in the middle of preparing for panels that I'm going to be giving at different conventions, most notably Otakon, coming up this August in Baltimore for its final year in Baltimore before it moves down south to Washington, D.C. in 2017. And so uh, I am bringing back science in anime, and uh, based on Paul Chapman's review of it, 
I am watching a terrible show called Monster Musume, My Life with Monster Girls. And uh, this show is about watching... It's a harem anime. It is terrible in in all ways. And the premise is that uh, there is a world within our world of centaurs and lamia and all sorts of half-human monster creatures, and that you know we have now decided that the human and the monster world will interact. And so this the un the I think at this point I have not gotten the main character's name yet. I'm about four or five episodes in, and he they just keep that's someone like you. What? Like missing out on a beat like that. No, no, no. I don't think they've given the character's name yet. Really? Yeah. That is how unimportant the main character is to the story. So you say it's horrible. Is it like horrible where you're going to make me watch it? Or is it horrible where you don't want me to leave the podcast at a half? I wouldn't. I would I, I barely. I barely want to watch it. Is that it's the kind of bad it is. Is not the kind of bad I enjoy. It is un, like way overdone panty shots and breast shots and just it's. Really pervy, really crude. Lots of bad jokes. Lots of people falling into breasts and horse, horse butts. It's, a, it's an awful show, and I do not recommend Monster Musume, my girl, my life with Monster Girl. But I will probably show a clip of it during Science and Anime when they take. They occasionally have a little small joke that is built on on, on a science concept. It's so rare that we use these segments to go, do not pursue this piece of knowledge. If you watch it, you're probably a bad person. And if you enjoy it, you are definitely a bad person. Well, I see we made it a judgment call on someone already then, whoever, who, who recommended it. Oh, Paul Chapman knows he's a bad person, but he also knows that I'm a bad person for what I've done to their podcast. That's fair enough. You're a different kind of bad person, probably. Yes. Alright, um, so we're going to watch Jacob's Ladder next. Uh, uh, probably our next episode will be a, um, a, Dexcon a review, review of Dexcon. And if, if we're in Babylon, well, we probably got a Babylon 5 set in if we're speedy on Dexcon. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I have actually wanted to talk to you about that, but I'll do it off the air. Okay. That's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not no business on air. Of course. But uh, yeah, definitely we're going to be at DexCon. It's a local New Jersey convention. If you are local, and if this is out before that is out, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. Well, we hope we have seen you there, and if we haven't, we're going to report. So come back and listen. And go, and go to DexCon in 2017, or definitely. or Metatopia, or Dramation. I might be at one of those. <laughs>